born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. But you see, if you're going to serve the Lord, it's going to be a controversial life. Because, you see, the devil is going to do everything possible to come after you. See, if I was the devil, and James wants to serve the Lord, guess what I'm going to do? Now, let's say Peter over here, he doesn't want to serve the Lord. Well, I'm not going to bother him. Why? He ain't going to serve him anyway. I'm going to go after this guy. Have you watched the elections at all? Who do they go after? The guy who's coming to the top. True. The guy that comes to the top, well, that's the one you've got to knock him off his parts. So everybody attacks. Well, we took him down. Now the next guy. And take him down. Then the next guy. Take him down. But that's what they're doing. But when they all get through, and whoever's the nominee, you know all those guys that said all those bad things about that person who couldn't win, unelectable, have got to get behind that guy and convince everybody how he's the man for the job after they done murdered him? And that's what makes it so hard. And that's how come sometimes the bad man gets in. Because the good men have killed their own soldiers. There's something wrong with this. But that's another sermon. He was accused of being demon-possessed. He was accused of blasphemy. Well, what did he say? Well, he said he was God. Can you believe that? Here's Jesus, and people say, he claims that he's God. Who in the world does he think he is? He was God. But, you know, they wanted to stone him because of that. He was hated. He was misunderstood. He was unpopular, rejected by the majority. The religionists sought to stone him, and eventually they crucified him. Was Jesus controversial? When you decide, you know, I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm God's child. I'm going to serve the Lord you are going to be controversial to the world. And they're not going to like what you say and what you do and where you go and what... It won't stop. But that's, that's the way it is. Somebody used to say, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. I had no clue. What do you mean, stay out of the kitchen? I'm hungry. And uh, I don't want the heat, but I still want to eat. But anyway, because of who he is... What he is and the message that he had. His message caused trouble. Here you have a young man named Stephen. And buddy, is he causing trouble. He is giving them a lesson in history. He's already spent first 35 verses doing his defense of their attacks. 
because they had said things against him. So he is defending himself. Now remember, I don't see anything wrong sometimes in defending yourself. If you can defend yourself without telling a lie, putting a spin on it, speak the truth. And he is speaking the truth. He's answering their charges against him. They said he was against Moses. They said he was against the law. They said he's trying to destroy the temple. Now, he wants to explain what he means by their accusations and what Jesus said and and what he was teaching. So he goes through here. And so look there in verse 35. The book of Acts chapter 7, verse 35. This Moses whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hands of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. Why is he saying it? Because, you see, God says, I have sent you all these prophets, and you have persecuted every one of them. And then he refers to Moses, how that Moses was going to be the ruler and the judge, and they mocked him and made fun of him, and he had to flee for his life. But he let the children of Israel know this same Moses that God chose, the people rejected. And then when Jesus comes, the same people that rejected Moses rejected Christ. And buddy, he doesn't pull any punches. So he makes a statement here in verse 36. He brought them out. After that, he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear. God is using this little deacon to preach a powerful message, letting them see that what God says is true. And it shows you the inspiration of the Scriptures. Do you realize as you go through these, He's putting His stamp of approval on all these Old Testament prophets and books. All the way up even to Solomon and the temple. But the books that talks about Moses and the wilderness and Abraham and Jacob and down in Egypt and all these things. All these books that said these things, he's referring to them. So what he's saying is, this is true. The scriptures are true. You can believe them. Trust them. Moses said, a prophet will be raised up like unto him. Him shall you hear. And this is the one. He's Jesus. So he says here in verse 39, to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. Oh, the people were out, but their hearts were turned back. In verse 40, saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us, and as for this Moses, which brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what has become of him. And he says, in a roundabout way, You think I'm against Moses? It was the children of Israel that turned their back on Moses. It was the children of Israel that wanted to go back down into Egypt. And you say that you're for Moses? And you want to condemn me because you say I'm against Moses? Why don't you look at what Moses said this and this and this and this. And that's what I believe. Why don't you believe it? Do you think he made them mad? Oh, he did. 
He did. He says in verse 40, saying unto Aaron, make us gods to go before us. And as for this Moses, <laughs> and look what he says in verse 42. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of the prophets. See there? He's writing and talking about this is written and it means it's true. O you house of Israel, have you offered to me slain beasts and sacrificed by the space of 40 years in the wilderness? Yea, you took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God, Rephim, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away into Babylon. Now he's all the way up and taking them into Babylon, the captivity. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses that ye should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. So, even the tabernacle. It was Moses that saw this tabernacle, and they were designed it and make it just like Moses had seen because he saw the one that was in heaven. There's another one in heaven, believe it or not. So he says in verse 45, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. This Jesus here is talking about Joshua. Who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophets. Do you know everything he's saying? He's saying, the prophets said, Moses said, the prophets said, blah, blah, blah. And he is validating what he was teaching with, thus saith the Lord. See, this is what you and I have to do. Whatever it is you want to do with your life, you better validate it with the book. What is it you want for your life? Can you find in God's Word what it is God wants you to do with your life? What's the will of God for your life? Say, I'm going to serve the Lord because. There's a verse right there. I witnessed because, and I got a verse right there. Love your wife, I got a verse right there. Raise your kids right there, there's a verse right there. So you learn the Word, and you validate your life upon the Word of God. And the Word doesn't change. It will give you stability. It'll help you. So he makes a statement here in verse 49. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? These are Old Testament's quotes. Have not my hand made all these things? What kind of a house can you build God? This is not the house of God. God doesn't live here. He lives in the temple. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If God is here, it's because I brought him. When I leave, he don't stay here. He don't live in this place. This place is dedicated to the Lord. And we can call it the house of the Lord. As long as you understand, he doesn't live in this place. He lives inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now look what he says. In verse 51, look what he says to these people. He says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. This is what I call Stephen's holy boldness. You see, it says, seek out holy man of God. So he was a holy man. It says that they prayed that they would speak with boldness. So he has what they call holy boldness. 
And that's why he was not intimidated with the people that he's talking to, even though he knew what they had done to all the prophets before him. And Jesus mentioned about that in the book of Matthew chapter 24. Look what he says in verse 52. Which of the prophets have you not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one. So he's saying the Old Testament prophets showed before he ever got here the coming of the just one. They said he was coming. There's scriptures in the Old Testament that prophesied Jesus is coming. And he came right on schedule. The very year he was to be born. And he died right on schedule. Just a coincidence? No. Jesus Christ is God. And that verse where he says, the coming of the just one. We talked about that last Saturday night. On a message I preached on the Holy One. Where Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. It's awesome. Look what he says. Of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Does he pull any punches with them? I don't think so. He let it loose. So now that they understand the error of their ways. They repent in sackcloth and ashes and fell at his feet and says, Forgive us, for we have sinned. Is that what he said? Not exactly. In verse 53, he says, Who have received the law by the disposition of angels, that means the distribution or the order, the giving of, by the angels, the law, and have not kept it. Fifteen hundred years they had the law, and they did not keep it. You talk about who's against the law. He says, you never kept the law. Jesus, whom ye crucified, is the only one that ever kept the law. You knuckleheads. You dum-dums. And then look in verse 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus is seated on the right hand of God. But you see, he's standing now. I I like that. You know, the Bible talks about when the rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes. It talks about when Lazarus died and the angels carried him into Abraham's bosom. Carried by the angels. Just think for a moment. When I die, God is sending a special escort. Some angels, specially designed to carry me away. You know that song we all sing? Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. You know that comes from the 90th Psalm. When it says we might live to be 70, 80, or 90 years, and then we fly away. The 90th Psalm, if you ever want to know it. But look what he says. In verse 56, And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. When they cried out with a loud voice, then they stopped their ears, ran upon him with one accord, cast him out of the city, and stoned him, 
And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Let me ask you a question. Isn't it a shame that a good man like this, who had been just minding his own business, and lo and behold, he decides to live a godly life. And because he decided to live a godly life, somebody nominated him to be a deacon. And look what happened. Now, he would have been better off if he had never became a deacon. He'd have been better off if he had never been a godly man, because then the devil would have left him alone and nobody would have been mad at him. Boy, did he waste his life. Just think of all those other things that he could have done. Places he could have gone. Things he could have been. But no, he preaches a sermon. And what did they do to him? Stoned him to death. What a wasted life. Was it a wasted life? Did he really mess up? You see, when... You rebel. Let's say you know Christ is your Savior, but you rebel and you don't do what God wants you to do with your life. And maybe you can make millions of dollars, be successful in this world, and everybody love you. And you live to be 90 years old and you die. you got to face God. you still got to face God. See, God is not going to be impressed with all the things that we've done and our honor and the praise and the glory that we received. What's important is, did you do what I told you to do? Why didn't you do what I told you to do? One day in Shreveport, Louisiana, laying on some snow behind the house in a fence, and it was dark. And I had a big old blanket and a pea coat, and I laid out there on the snow, and the snow fell on my face. And I was so miserable. I knew I was saved. I knew I was going to heaven. But I knew there's got to be something more to life than this. Just to get up and go to work, come home, get up, go to work, come home. And I talked to the Lord that night. And I says, Lord, don't you ever point your finger at me and say, Yankee, why didn't you do with your life what I told you? I said, Lord, because I don't know what to do. I said, if you'll tell me, I'll do it. And me and him, we had a, a talk. And I mean, I was really upset. I was really upset. I blessed God out. You say you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, I know that now. I didn't know that then. But I was being honest with God. And I'd go in the house, and I had come to the conclusion, I have no desire to live. There was nothing wrong with my wife. There was nothing wrong with my kids. There was nothing wrong with my job. But there's something that's missing in a person's life when you don't serve the Lord and give Him all that you have and to be what God wants you to be. Because you know, you didn't make life. You didn't create yourself. And you know that there's a true and living God and He has a purpose for me to live. And I didn't know what it was. And I felt so empty, like I've got to have it or die. And I didn't eat for about three days. I didn't know anything about fasting. I didn't know that was in the Bible. That's how dumb I was. But then I just started opening up the Bible, tried to read it. And I'd flip here and I'd flip there. I didn't know the Bible. And I hit upon the, the 119th Psalm. How with all shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. The entrance of thy word giveth light, 
And I came to the conclusion, I cannot know the will of God without knowing the Word of God. So it is the will of God to know the Word of God so that I can know the will of God. Don't it make sense? And buddy, it, it, it changed my whole life. And did I have any questions or problems and so forth? Still do. But that was 51 years ago. Do you think I regret serving the Lord? I have no regrets. I am so glad. And I know that Christ, his whole life, was controversial. Christ caused trouble everywhere he went. People misunderstood him. And buddy, am I glad that his testimony is in the Bible. I am so glad about Stephen, who stood firm and strong with holy boldness, and they stoned him to death. Why should I expect better? Should I expect to live a longer life? See, it's not how long you live. That's important. It's how well do you live the time that God gives to you. You don't know and I don't know. We may have only a short period of time to live. Wouldn't it be great to serve the Lord with all that we have while we can? Look in verse 60. And he kneeled down, cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I remember one time I had to do a funeral. And my daughter, Trina, I don't remember how old she was, maybe six or seven, something like that. And uh, she knew I was going to have to do this funeral. She said, Dad, I said, what's it like to die? I thought to myself, I'm not supposed to know. I ain't died yet. I've never done that before. So I told her, I says, the Bible calls it a sleep. I said, it's kind of like you playing outside and getting all nice and dirty and tired and worn out. You come in a house and all you know is that you fell asleep on the couch. You woke up in the morning in your bed. Mama had given you a bath and put you on your nice clean pajamas and tucked you in bed. And you fell asleep. You don't even remember it. All you did is wake up. And I says, the Bible calls it a sleep. We go to sleep here and he's old, tired, worn out, aching pitiful bodies, and one day we'll just awake in heaven with a new body, totally new life. Did you know that Stephen preached an awesome sermon to hard-headed people, stiff-necked people? They didn't bend, they didn't bow, and they didn't, well, they probably burned. But um, did he do what God told him to do? He was a holy man. He was a just man. He was a godly man. He had holy boldness. He preached, I believe, what God wanted to preach. Do you realize the knowledge that he had of the scriptures? I mean, you read this whole chapter. It is one awesome chapter. And how he was able to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and God was able to take this man, his message, penetrate it, was it possible? I mean, did it do what God wanted it to do? It says in verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. You would think because of that, well, they would have got right. No, they just wanted to eliminate the, the source of their problem. It was Stephen. They stoned him. Did you know you can be a witness? You can talk to people about the Lord. 
Have you ever noticed that some people are just so open and just easy, like the fruit's ready to drop off the tree? And then there's sometimes you talk to them and they're just as green as green can be. They're not ripe at all and don't look like they're going to get You ever tasted a crab apple? There's a lot of crab apples out there. And buddy, they're bitter, they're sour, and sometimes you're not going to be able to change them. But be faithful in trying to witness, to serve the Lord, in spite of everything. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now God says that He loves us. He hates what we do wrong. It says for us to pay for the sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We've all come short of God's perfection. Because of sin, we, we can't get into heaven. And God says you cannot earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. You know, when you tell people you can't earn it, you can't work your way to heaven, do you realize I talk to people and explain only that much and have people get mad at me? I've had people get right in my face and holler and yell and scream at me. And only by the grace of God they didn't hit me. And only by the grace of God that I didn't hit them. This hand represent Jesus Christ. God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. But you know why He did all this? It's, he loved His Father. He says, because of my Father. I do all these things because of my love for Him. You see, it's God that loves us. And God sent His Son. And His Son did it because He loves the Father. But anyway, He loves us and hates our sin because of it separates us from Him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. God says that if we'll believe that He did it for us, He would put this payment He made to our account, and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did. This is a very controversial message. Not everybody understands it. Very few really believe that you can be saved today and be saved forever. They think you can lose it and all that. That's not what Jesus said. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, friend, I urge you to do that. If you're watching by Internet or if you're in the auditorium, would you just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this? Lord, I'm a sinner. I got questions. I got doubts. But I know that I've done things wrong, and I want to go to heaven. And so the best I know how I believe that Jesus, that he was the Lord, that he died on that cross, paid for my sins. And I'm going to trust him as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, would you trust him? If you will trust him, believing that he died and paid for your sins, he said he would give you as a free gift everlasting life. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, is there anyone else say, yes, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ as my Savior tonight. Would you just slip your hand very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? If you've already trusted the Lord, you don't have to do it again. Anyone at all? Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. We're thankful for your word that you've given us, for the examples that we have in your word. Because, Lord, we know life is hard. There are a lot of problems in this whole life. These bodies are getting old and decrepit and weak. Sometimes we can't keep our minds straight. And Father, we have all kind of fears. 
we worry, we get in despair, we get filled with questions and doubts. Sometimes we wonder whether or not you really love us or can protect us or provide for us. And Father, we know that your word says that you can. But Father, help our unbelief. Help each person here. And for those that are listening by internet, Lord, we, we want to be a blessing to people. We want to be an encouragement. Bless each one here tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.